Thanks for listening to the Art Tactic Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Green. It was great seeing and meeting so many of you last week in Miami for Art Basel. I really enjoyed the conversations we had about the art market and really so many other facets of the art world. So the big question now on everyone's mind is how did things go in Miami? Not only has it really been the question after the fair, but it was the main question everyone was asking while the fair was ongoing. So to help us answer that, in this week's episode of the podcast, we're joined by Sarah Douglas, Editor-in-Chief at Art News. Hope you enjoy the episode. Thanks so much for listening. Sarah, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We really appreciate you joining us. I know Basel, Miami is action-packed and energy-draining, and so just we appreciate you coming on after the fact to help us recap the fair. So it seems like now, post-fair, and really quite often during the fair, there were conversations happening all over the place just about how galleries were doing and what the mood was like. I really can't remember a fair in which that question was being asked so many times while the fair was even occurring. What was your takeaway from everyone you spoke with regarding what the sentiment was like at the fair? Well, so I'll preface that by saying I've been to every single Art Basel Miami since the fair started in 2002, except for one, which was 2004. And so obviously that must have been the best year because I was not there. (laughs) Um, But I guess the reason I bring that up is because of what you were saying about this effort in Miami to gauge the mood, to gauge where the market is. I would say by and large, that's nearly impossible at an art fair. And, and the, and like the effects are always seen downstream. So, um, so as a way of illustrating that though, let's go back to 2008, right? 2008, it was very, like people could basically pre-write their articles about Art Basel Miami um, because you knew it was going to be something of a bloodbath, right? I mean, you just had a, a, lo- a huge bank fail. You had, you know, a, a, the the um, subprime crisis and the beginning of, you know, a historic um recession uh in the larger global economy and i remember there was a headline that year in the art newspaper which made so many people angry but which i would just say was not inaccurate and the headline was want a discount just ask um so we're not so this is not a year like that right that's highly exceptional that that you would be able to gauge the mood in that definitive a way during an art fair. And I would say it's become only, there's an interesting thing that's happened in the art market is that as it supposedly gets more transparent, certain things as a result of the efforts towards supposed transparency only get more opaque. So I remember 2007 was the first year, at least the first year I saw galleries, some of them through their their um, public relations firms, sending out lists of what sold. But the minute those lists come out, they raise a lot of questions. Are these asking prices? 
Are these, you know, prices after discount? Um, have these pieces sold actually at the fair or were they pre-sold? So I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, you know, we could say, oh, there were few, there seemed to be fewer people. Oh, it seemed quieter. Oh, people seemed not to be selling as much. Oh, you know, a four, $40 million piece didn't sell. But you you won't see the effects of of a fair being good or bad um, for certain people until down the road when they start having problems that could be existential in nature, right? So maybe a gallery has serious problems or even closes six months or a year from now, that may be, in fact, as a result of not having a good Miami that they needed to have. So I guess, you know, I really am dubious about drawing conclusions from a fair while on the ground at that fair, having reported on these things for 20 years, because it's a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, you know, between the celebrities and the lists of sales. You don't know whether you don't really know what to make of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And that's interesting that it wasn't just me and my conversations with galleries and collectors at the fair, but you also felt like the talk of the fair was, how's the fair doing? Which is pretty unique for me as well. And I think that speaks to the uncertainty we've witnessed in the economy the past year, as well as the geopolitical conflicts that are occurring throughout the world. These things have a significant impact, not just on the art world, but on the economy as a whole and people's moods. But as you said, sometimes, especially times like these, when there is some uncertainty, perhaps a gallery's performance in a fair, it only becomes noticeable and really has a major impact just down the road. And, and I, I want to add another thing. Um, I really agree. So my colleague over, my esteemed colleague over at Artnet, Katja Kazikina, um, she, she put out an article that really rang true to me based on what people were saying to me on the phone um, and just anecdotally is that the price had to be right. And if things were, if there was any sense that something was overpriced in the past, you might've been able to get away with that and you really couldn't this time. So, you know, as a caveat here, I do less article writing than I have in the past because I'm mainly an editor. Um, and so I oversee reporters, but you know, I still talk to people on the phone and people who want to talk on the off the record or on background. And someone said gave me some specific examples, which I won't share because they were off the record on background, but of galleries that that made some price increases that were not necessarily merited. And in a better market, people would have given that a pass. But this time it was kind of like, uh, nah, I'm not going to spend, you know, my money, which is no longer free because of interest rates on your overpriced art. So I think that was a correct assessment. We've been speaking for a while on the podcast and I have off the podcast with others as well that at this time in this market, artists that are in strong demand are selling very well. Artists that aren't as in demand aren't selling nearly as easily as they were. And even for artists who are in demand, there's been a somewhat slowdown or at least a hesitation from collectors about buying that art. 
And that's been exacerbated by certain galleries. And sometimes I've heard actually artists are the drivers of this, but very aggressive price increases. Because once an artist reaches a certain price point, you really, as a potential buyer, take a step back, you start to evaluate the artist's CV, you start to think about their career trajectory, you start to ask other collectors what they think about the artist, and you ask all these questions that you really aren't as concerned about when the artist is at a lower price level. Yeah, and I think like I think you also saw a lot of a lot of galleries, frankly, like playing it safe. And I don't say that as any kind of criticism. You know, I mean, it's I think every you know when people say, oh, you know, the market's shaky, there's going to be a lot of painting. You know, like that's kind of ridiculous because it's an art fair. There's always going to be a lot of painting for all kinds of reasons. Among them, like it's easier to ship, it's easier to sell, it's whatever. You know, but. I think more than in previous years, I mean, you saw a lot less political work, which I think it's obvious why that might be the case. Um, and you just saw galleries playing it safe, bringing bringing a lot of painting, bringing things that, you know, were not necessarily difficult. And so it felt like we were inundated during and after the fair with sales reports from different publications. In your eyes, what were a few of the most noteworthy sales at this year's edition of the fair? Well, I mean, I'm only saying things that have been, this has been widely reported, but, you know, Hauser and Wirth sold uh, Philip Gustin for, I think, 20 million. Um, David Zwerner sold a Marlena Dumas. I want to say that was 9 million, although I could be slightly off there. I have it somewhere on here and you can correct me. Um, I mean, those are the two that spring to mind. I think it was reported that Gagosian sold like a total of $35 million worth of art. You know, I mean, you have, you had these bigger ticket sales. You had a Frank Stella at Yarez, which was priced at, I think, 40 million. Um, but, you know, at the end of the fair, or at least in the most recent reports I've read and in, in what we reported, that hadn't been sold yet. But you know what? That's not an indication of the market because things like that almost never sell at the fair. Um, but those are the those are the things that stand out to me. And did you notice any trends pertaining to the type of art on view that act, that galleries actually decided to bring to the fair this year? I mean, I'm always I I never like to talk about trends at an art fair. I because I, look, I think that over the it's an obvious that over the past you know, five years, I mean, maybe it's almost 10 years now, we have been in this trend of figurative painting. Um, I actually think that that's loosening up a bit and you're seeing abstraction coming back in interesting ways. Um, it's like I said before, there's always a lot of painting in art fairs. There was, pro I mean, to be fair, I think there's probably a little more painting at, at this fair um, just because that's, you know, like I said, that's that's what's going to sell. But I think if you look sort of outside the fair um, at what's happening in in the wider world of um, of collectors, look, we publish the top two hundred collectors um, in the world every year at Art News since nineteen ninety. I've worked on it for ten years, and you get certain collectors every year who are extremely influential. Um, and I think this year, the person that that people are looking to is Kamal Shaw, who um, put a show of her collection on in New York. I think it's still up, but it opened, you know, shortly before Miami. And this is a collection of all women artists. 
many of them artists of color. And what you see is abstraction coming back in in a major way. And I think that that you saw something of that in Miami as well. Yeah, Kamal's show in New York of works from her collection was really fantastic. And you mentioned that abstraction is coming back into focus. I definitely agree. And I think it isn't necessarily just younger artists that are painting in that style, but also an older generation of artists who've been painting in that style, but were overlooked for a variety of reasons and are now finally in the spotlight or finally coming back into the spotlight. I wanted to also ask you about Art Basel Miami and its position in the art calendar. It feels like there's more buying opportunities for collectors throughout the year than there perhaps ever have been before. There are countless fairs. There's so many auctions, it's hard to track them all. And of course, we have gallery exhibitions all over the world. Do you feel like being last, being that last event in December for Art Basel Miami may actually have a negative impact now with just so many buying opportunities occurring before the fair actually commences? Or do you feel like that's not necessarily a bad thing even today to be occurring in December? Well, look, I mean, I, I think I actually think that Miami coming last on the art world's calendar was kind was kind of a genius thing about it. I think that's what was kind of genius about that fair is because it it became and I think even was initially so associated also with kind of partying like you know you're on Miami Beach that's what you do on Miami Beach you party like you sell art go to parties go home. And I think that was a nice like cap to the year it was kind of like major fall auctions are over like that's when everyone had to be serious and okay what's happening we're going to establish some benchmark prices here and then you can go to miami and that it was like a signifier that like the year is over and everyone can relax and go to st bart's or whatever you know um what you felt this year um and maybe this is Actually, it's different from 2008. 2008 was just pure, like, panic and upset, you know. But this year, you know what I think people were, and I heard that one art advisor was very clear about this. He said, what the, what, what the reason why people are, are happy about Miami is they're just so glad this year is over. They're like, it's Miami. The thing is almost over. It has been a tough year. It's been a tough year for the world at large in ways that I don't have to explain. But for galleries, and this, again, this is coming from a conversation with, you know, an, uh, a very, very uh, major gallery sort of explaining to me that, you know, the, the spring was bad for some galleries, not as bad for others. So let's say you didn't have a bad spring, as this person did not. He said, what happened was in September, a lot of things just didn't come back because you had so many, you know, between the economy and the international, you know, the world's various crises, you had collectors or whatever who just, you know, they're like, I I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to buy art right now, you know, but if you had a pretty good spring, you're sort of weathering that. Right. And then you're like, OK, if I have a decent Miami, I can like, OK, the year's over. I'm glad it's over. Let's start again in January. If you had a tough spring and a tough fall and a tough Miami, that there could be galleries out there. And I'm not talking about just small ones. It could be at any level that are perhaps facing some real issues right now. 
depending on how they did. And I don't even think you can gauge that from looking at what people sold because it's always relative to whatever they've sold at these various other opportunities you're talking about throughout the year. You know, so this is the thing about looking at those lists of sales. It's you see it in a vacuum, you know, so we'll only know. But, but the main point of, you know, vis-a-vis what you're saying is like in a good year, it's like, you know, year's over. Awesome. Let's party. Sell some Martin party in like a year like this, where it's everything's so shaky and uncertain. It's just like people are just glad it's over, relieved it's over. And I think another thing that has to be addressed at this point, and I would point I would point your listeners to an article that um, my my writer um, uh, on my staff, Angelica Vila, did uh, an article recently about um, younger galleries um, in downtown New York, smaller galleries, and you know some of the some of the real hardships they've been facing this past fall. And this was a kind of about going into Miami. How are these galleries feeling? And you know, I think what that article is a reminder of is that for a lot of these galleries, the pandemic actually wasn't terrible. Um, but once you get back into the swing of what the art world was pre-pandemic, where fairs are really important, you know, let's not forget all the conversations we were having in 2018, right, about you know the struggles of younger and mid-level galleries with the with a system in which art fairs are so important but so expensive so we're right back to those conversations but in a worse market so you know i i think that all of that has to be factored in to to the the general scenario you know the art market finds itself in right now well, you brought up a lot of great points there. And I think speaking about galleries, I'm definitely anxious about the ones who've expanded significantly over the past few years, and in some cases doubled their staffs or even more so. And if that, of course, comes substantially increased expenses. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. That's that's also in, in Angelica's article. I should have said that, but I'm glad you pointed it out. You know, the 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 issue of expanding and then going into a soft market, you start you start the expansion efforts during a good market. You don't know what's going to happen in in the midst of of all of that, and it takes a while to build out a gallery. So what you know what happens in the meantime? Right, you don't want to be reliant on a business model where you have to sell out every show or come close to selling out every show, because that isn't really what occurs in normal market conditions. And so we were all in Miami together. It felt like the whole art world was there, or at least most of it, conversing, talking. Now everyone kind of goes their own way as the art market goes on somewhat of a holiday break until next year. How do you think people are feeling heading into next year? I honestly think it's all over the map. And I think the all over the mapness is is something new. Since, you know, if we're going to use 2008 as like, uh, some marker in time of 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 like a, a terrible economy, right? I, I think back then it was just in relation to now, maybe easier to gauge the market at large or something like the art market, which, as you know, it's like there's many different art markets. it's it's not one um it's not one thing. Um, and I think that we can't 
it's going to be business by business. It really is. I think that's what we're seeing right now that's that's different, is that unless you could see a gallery's books, right, if we're talking about galleries, it's all so specific to each business, to how well capitalized they are, to, you know, how much secondary market they're doing or not doing, you know, it's it's all going to be specific to each business. And I think it's just all over the map. Well, we'll definitely enjoy the holiday break and are excited to see how the art market responds in 2024. Sarah, thank you so much again for coming onto the podcast and sharing your really valuable perspective and helping us recap Art Basel Miami. And if our listeners don't already, they should definitely check out all of the content that you and your colleagues are writing on Art News. And if they don't, tell us, where can we find you? Well, I mean, you you should certainly go to our website. We also have several newsletters. I would highly recommend um, Art News Today, which comes out every afternoon. We also have Breakfast with Art News, which is um, you get up in the morning and you get an aggregated view of all the important art news breaking, not just in Art News, but elsewhere as well. Um, and we also have, for your listeners, I think it would be interesting, we have a weekly newsletter called On Balance that deals with all things related to the art market and with the wider world of art and money. I definitely recommend those newsletters if our listeners don't subscribe to them already. I enjoy waking up and already having content from Art News. Sarah, thanks so much again for coming on the podcast. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you too.